0: What is a memory? To me, memories have always been things that happened a long time ago that when I look back on them, they evoke some sort of emotion, usually fondness, sometimes sadness or loneliness, and sometimes an uneasy mixture of all three. And these memories, along with the emotions they carry with them, are usually triggered by something happening right now, some new event that reminds you of days or years past. That's what happened to me this morning. I had a plan for this month's Shape of My Memories show, all arranged in my mind, and then a single event reshaped my whole plan. And now I am sitting here on Saturday afternoon, February 6, 2021, just a few hours before I need to post this episode, starting all over. Welcome to the Shape of My Memories show. My name is Jerry, and I'll be your host. We were what I always thought of as a typical family. There was my mom and dad, my two sisters, and myself. My grandparents on my dad's side had sold their farm in Iowa and moved to Southern California and lived just a few miles from us. I never met my mom's parents because they lived in Australia. They both died by the time I was eight. My mom was a World War II war bride. I was the youngest, the baby of the family. Janet, my oldest sister, was eight years older. And Jennifer, the second of us kids, was almost four years older than me. Because of that age difference, and the fact that I was a boy and they were both girls, we grew up with our own set of friends, likes, dislikes, and pastimes. We just weren't very close. Sure, we did the usual things as a family, like evening meals, holiday and family get-togethers, but mostly when it came to everyday living, we went our own separate ways. At least that's the way it was until we got old enough to be unleashed on an unsuspecting world i never really paid much attention to what my sisters were doing because i was always doing what interested me i spent most of my time when i wasn't in school with my best friend exploring and digging forts and just getting dirty in the slough across the street from our house the slough was a kind of swamp or tideland that at high tide we lived just a couple blocks from the beach would flood and then drain as the tide went out. Most of the time, it was a soupy, muddy, stinky mess, but to a couple of kids, it was a paradise. From our front porch, we could see south across the slough to the Tijuana River and across the border into Mexico. But that all changed when I was getting ready to turn nine. The bulldozers and earthmovers showed up one morning and started chewing up our playground. At first I was fascinated with the construction equipment, as a boy would be, but when I realized it was eating up my land of enchantment, I was not so happy. And along with my favorite place to play, that construction took something else. One morning I woke up to a considerable amount of conversation that I was not used to. My mom was visibly shaken, and dad was having a heated conversation with another man. So what had happened is that a man had broken into our house, taken a kitchen knife out of its hanging rack in the kitchen, proceeded to my sister Jennifer's bedroom, held it to her throat, and tried to abduct her. Instead of going with him, she grabbed for the knife and screamed. He panicked, cut into her throat, and then ran out the door. The story I heard was my dad stayed to help Jennifer while my mom chased the guy down the block. He got away. Thankfully, no major physical damage was done, but the emotional scars lasted a lifetime. For Jennifer and my mom. They caught the guy a few months later after he raped a young girl a few blocks away. He turned out to be one of the construction workers building the new apartments across the street. From that day on, Jennifer was so afraid that she would keep the doors locked 24-7. Middle of the night or middle of the day... Ten people in the house, or all alone by herself, made no difference. Knobs and deadbolts, all windows tightly locked. Even in sweltering heat with no air conditioner, sealed tight. I remember when we were well into midlife, she told me she was notified the guy was being released, and that caused her a great deal of anxiety. A few years later, she was told he had died. That didn't help either. She still kept her doors locked. And my mom didn't do well after that morning of horror either. She couldn't stand looking at those apartments out of her kitchen window anymore. So that summer we moved from that great little house three blocks from the beach. Not that the move bothered me that much. We still lived in a great house and I made new friends. Remember I said my dad was having heated words with the detective on the morning this all took place? Many years later, dad told me, That that moron of a cop had told him that the guy was probably a boyfriend of Jennifer's, that at 11 years old, she had snuck him into the house. I can understand now why my dad, who has always shown respect for the law, hated the Imperial Beach Police Department. Jennifer and I never really got along with each other much after that. My folks couldn't bring themselves to punish her for anything after coming so close to losing her, so she got away with a lot that I took the heat for, and I resented it. She would blame things on me that she did and get away with it even when my parents knew better, and that resentment carried into our adulthood. We would visit with each other at get-togethers and even help each other when needed, but there was never that brother-sister camaraderie that other families have. My fault just as much as hers. We live 85 miles apart and have not spoken in almost three years. At the beginning of this, I told you that it usually only takes one event to trigger memories. This morning, I got a letter from an attorney. On November 22nd, my sister Jennifer had passed away. We didn't get along, but she was still my sister, and I loved her, and I still do.